attribute that to all of you being so ingrained and passionate about music or just because sometimes you have an attitude? <laughs> well, um, you know, no. we all, yeah. <laughs> we, are te- we are teenagers, so we all hate each other. <laughs> the attitude is a thing. So those, those random emotions really that happen. Think, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of time it is the music because we're all really, really good about when you enter that practice room, you, you, you have two options. You can leave your emotions at the door mm-hmm. or you can show your emotions through your playing and your music. everyone and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcast through all the major streaming services including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Each week we feature a conversation with a different artist where we delve into what makes them tick and sometimes we get pro tips on pursuing a career as an artist. If you're a performer who would like to be considered for our show, check out the questionnaire at livinginthelimelight.com. And thanks, of course, so much for listening. Five Piece Kit is a four-member band based out of Woodstock, Georgia. They debuted their EP, Out of My Hands, last August. And what you just heard was a snippet of their most recent single, Say We're Right. And today on the call, we have all four guys, including vocalist Josh, bassist Jared, guitarist Austin, and drummer Michael. So let's welcome Five Piece Kit to Living in the Limelight. All right, so this must be Five Piece Kit. Welcome to Living in the Limelight. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for having us. Excellent. Excellent. My pleasure. Hey, uh, one thing I will let you guys know when we interview bands, it's very, very helpful to um, at least at the forefront um, say your name when you reply to something so that whoever's listening there can go, oh, that's... You know, that's Austin or that's Jared or I'm whatever. Sure. I'm your yes, your your people know who you are, <laughs> but hopefully yeah. we can get you some more fans and they can go. Oh, okay. So I know what he's talking yeah. about. Very cool. Well, uh, I was just doing a little bit of prep work and um, I read in the story that you guys all met um, in the drum line. So I want to go there first because that's part of your origin story. Uh, maybe how how it was that you guys uh, sort of were you all in percussion at the time or were you a parts of the drum line or was this that kind of like that environment that brought you together? So this is, uh, speaking. Yeah. I'll, I'll take this one, Michael. Okay. So we all started in percussion together. Now, Michael, me and Josh, as of right now are all in 12th grade and Jared just recently graduated. So for the majority of our time in high school, we all spent it together within the band class and marching band. Um, and I think all of us have been playing percussion all through middle school and high school. So when we got to high school, we were working marching in together. We just kind of clicked. None of us had really played in the other instruments at the time, mm-hmm. but band is definitely what started us and brought us all together completely. Yeah. And, um, I have known numerous uh, band students, my, uh, my daughter included, she was a drum major and played flute and it's a in almost every school, I'd imagine it's a tight knit community because you guys are putting in a lot of hours. You're prepping the, yeah. you know, the show and all that. Um, so, I, the the question is begged from this. So, you, um, everyone but Michael stemmed off into another instrument, and you got Michael mm. left, kind of holding the sticks for percussion. And I, is there a well? For one thing, I gotta imagine you guys have a super super sense of tempo. I, because that just is innate in a drummer, right? You know, you're you're carrying that tempo. But is there like a a little bit of pressure within the band um, with the other guys looking at Michael and saying, "Okay, well, you know, I would have done that differently on the drums." Or is it is all of that kind of behind now that we've got your know, vocals and we've got a bass player and a guitarist and you've got your own zones? Is the the percussion element of it now kind of compartmentalized with you, Michael, only? 
um, I hope I hope there's not tension. You know, <laughs> I hope my playing is uh, good enough for everyone's standards. But um, yeah, um, we kind of all agreed that. Um, well, it was more of a while we went through high school. Um, everyone started learning different instruments. Like uh, Austin picked up guitar in high school, mm-hmm. so um, he was the one that kind of like uh, took the first step for creating the band. And Josh was singing and uh he liked to sing already and not to brag but i would say i was the best drummer out of all of them because i've been doing it throwing some shit like, oh, a, few, yeah, a few years hey. um but yeah and then Austin, if you want to tell him how jared picked up his instrument oh yeah so when i i really wanted to form a band because my cousin when he was in high school he had a band i just thought it was the coolest thing ever yeah so I I'd already been picked up. I picked guitar for a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, I need a drummer." And it was the easiest decision ever. I was like, "Oh, it's easy." You know, Michael. I've seen this dude. He's got chops like no one else I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And then I was like, "Oh, my buddy Josh. You know, he's in chorus, so like he sings." And my only struggle was, was like, "I need a bass player," and I had no one that paid bass. And I remember Jared mentioning just casually that he was talking about picking up another instrument, and I was like this is just the most perfect timing ever. And I barely play bass. So Jared had actually learned bass to be part of the band. That's insane. It's like a, like, an and I will say, in the, <laughs> Oh yeah. And the little bit that he's been playing, I mean, he has just been killing it. He's improved so much and he's really turned into an actual bass player instead of someone that knows how to play a root note. So maybe, a, yeah, a question stemming from that because I'm trying to envision this and someone who's listening to this podcast is going to wonder it too, I'm sure, is like, okay, we're using the terminology, so he just picked up the bass. You know, obviously, there are the two actions. There's picking up the instrument and looking at it and going, what the heck does this thing do? And there's picking it up and having, like, practice time and ability with it. How do you think that there's something innate within all of you guys, I mean, clearly you, you gravitated to the drum line and you've got a sense of rhythm and you've got a sense of music just kind of boiled inside of you. Do you think there's something like you were all born with that you can pick up an instrument and learn it? Because that I'll tell you is a daunting task for a lot of people. They're scared of it. Right. Can one of you or some of you talk about like the process of it going through the motions of picking up instrument and the excitement or the frustrations and, you know, maybe to speak of, is it is it something that you can encourage someone else to do, and how they might approach it? Yeah, um, this is this is Jared speaking. Um, well, when I was growing up, my uh, my dad gave me the option. Um, he loved to say um, that his kids could either play the drums or move out of the house. So uh, <laughs> wow. he played the drums. <laughs> he played the drums. My brother played the drums. So it just kind of made sense when I got to that age to start. So it definitely was like kind of a bit daunting, especially when you grow up in a house full of musicians to, mm-hmm. to try to, you know, get to the skill level that they're at. And um, so I, I like the things that I, I got pretty good at the drums. And then when Austin started putting this band together and he was like, he wanted to join my band. I was like, great. I'd, I'd love to play drums. And he goes, no, no, no. You'd be playing the bass guitar. <laughs> and I was like, I've never picked up a bass guitar before. I like even held one. So um, I, I started on, on Austin cause he owned, um, just a, a Yamaha and I, I played it, I mean, once or twice and just for practice. And then I actually ended up just buying one off of a friend at that time. And I was like, I'm just going to jump all in. And, um, there's definitely a big learning curve, but moving from the drums to bass guitar, honestly, I didn't, I didn't really think that it'd be as, um, similar as it was. Um, mm-hmm. the, the bass guitar is, is really part of the rhythm section. Yeah. Um, so, um, that bond that Michael and I also have too was just kind of like reinforced because I mean, um, coming from being a drummer and then one of my closest friends being the drummer, um, we just really gelled together and, um, it was a lot of fun, but it, no, it definitely, it definitely was, definitely was a big learning curve. But I think, I think with enough, uh, practice and effort that anyone can really pick up an instrument. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It might be a struggle for them. Well, two things mechanically getting their fingers and, and manipulating the instrument. And then two that, that sense of following along with the way a rhythm is like, seems like some people have good rhythm and some struggle with it. But um, Jared, I want to point to you. This occurred to me in the middle of all this and it's kind of off topic a little bit, but on Instagram um, there's a little girl uh, you might already know about her. Her name is Ellen and her, her handle or whatever on, on Instagram is Ellen plays bass. So if you don't know about her, 
you have homework <laughs> because this kid, I, she's probably 10 maybe. And, uh, her dad's a guitarist and they jam together. She plays stuff from rush. She plays all of it. And with, she's met, um, Steve, I before, um, worked with him. So just a cool kid to kind of look up to in, in kind of a weird way because she's younger and on, you know, <laughs> just a kid, but, uh, yeah, th- just a great b- bass player. And then she's kind of bringing bass back, right? Um, basses like drums are sitting in the, you know, the kind of foreground and you got your lead guitarist and your, and your vocalist who are taking the, all the, the limelight. And, uh, I'm glad to, glad to see the bass is kind of coming back, especially with her. That is very cool. All right. So you guys, you are all in high school. You're about to graduate. One has graduated. You're sort of at a crossroads. I was at the same crossroads that you're at. Are we looking at maybe sticking together and pushing forward as a band and trying to make this happen? Or is this going to be something that you're going to try to, you're going to get jobs and go do college around here and, you know, is there, have you talked about the next year for you guys? Um, this is Jared again. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Michael, I'll let you ask that in a second. But um, with, when it comes to this band, I mean, we've, we've just, we've, we've really created something that we just, we just love. And, and even if, if we never got a big fan base or took off or anything, we just, we're four friends that just started something that we love. And, and um, I like to think that, or, and say that I put in way too much effort for us to just give up randomly. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Michael, what, what do you want to say? Um, well, yeah, e- even though we're going off to college, it, it's not like we're going very far. Like Jared's just three hours away or maybe it's like two and a half. Um, and then Austin and I are going to KSU. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be there together. So it's, it's, it's going to be pretty easy to stay, um, together and have our band community, I guess. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast just the other day, and the same topic was was present. And the band actually formed apart from each other. They were all kind of like you guys, looking. I need a bass player, and I need this and that. And they formed states away. But with the you know the technology we have today, they record their parts, they send them in, someone mixes it, sends it back out. You know, it's it's very doable. Um, so I think I think with the passion. And like you said, you know, to not just give up on the drop of a dime, but you all feel like there's something there. Um, this is a random question. Explain to, I know the answer, but um, explain to the audience the origin of the name, Five Piece Kit. Um, anyway. Josh, want to get this one? Uh, yeah. So um, there are a lot of, I think we kind of had, we passed around the idea of like, just make up a bunch of stories and then start telling those. So no one actually knows. <laughs> um, we do that with like everything. Cause we think it's hilarious. Yeah. But, I, I hear you. uh, the name, the name refers to, you know, like the pieces of a drum set. Um, we all, um, you know, we fit together like that. Um, without each of us, uh, you know, just, it didn't work. Um, we all bring something different together. Like the pieces of a drum set, you need that. And, um, five just sounded better than four. So, yeah. Well, and plus, just like you said, it's kind of a conversation starter because I, I tell me if I'm wrong, but this is my prediction that probably more times than not, someone is going to you guys and is like, "Where's the fifth guy? What's going on?" Yeah. Oh, it's it's, <laughs> my, it's my favorite question. <laughs> I, I just I I make up random people. I'm like, oh, you you haven't met Jeff yet? That's crazy. <laughs> He just comes and goes whenever he wants. <laughs> if you listen really carefully to track four, you can hear him play. That'd be yeah. cool. All right. So, um, and you guys are at the ripe age. I read your notes that um, music, it is a business. And a lot of people who just absorb the music and listen to Spotify and Apple music and all that, they're just like, oh, I love my favorite bands. And this is great. And they pay the concert tickets and the merch. They have no idea that besides the time when you're on that stage or besides the time when you're recording the song, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. And uh, <clears throat> your notes were very specific and I like it because actually you're the first to um, give me details on really what's involved uh, in, in running the business end of it. So does someone want to talk about that? Because there's going to be somebody who, after hearing this, they're going to go, you know what? I want to pick up a bass and I want to learn it. Or I want to take drums and I want to learn them, but they need to know, down the road if they try to go for it 
they need to kind of do X, Y, and Z. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is Jared. I'll, I'll, I'll take this question. Okay. Um, no, yeah. Um, that, that's a very, very good question because when we started this band, I did not understand what it would be like for this. And um, my role as part of this band has been the bass player, but also the businessman. Mm-hmm. And I have, um, there's been many nights where I'm just like sitting at my computer, staring, not knowing what to do. But uh, you're officially on the phone call with Five Piece Kit LLC. Ooh. So the four of us are the members of, of our, um, our business. We're an LLC. So I, I got all that figured out, all the paperwork files. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, that's for all of our tax information when we, when we get paid. And I, I really didn't understand that we'd have to form an official business and, and file um, all this, all this paperwork, like the secretary of state's office, um, just to, just to play music together. But um, it's been a great learning experience. Like you said, we're um, 18, 19 and um, I'm able to just, learn, I mean, what it's like to start your own business and, and what you have to go through and what paperwork you need to file. And um, it's been really cool for my major too. I'm a marketing major. So I'm kind of learning a little bit of what that, what that's like um, for in the next three years when I go off into the, uh, the business world. So it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, but it, it has been definitely interesting. Yeah. And it's not something that you see um, necessarily uh, on social media because it's not the glitz and glamour part of the, of the job, right? It's not the new single. It's not the uh, new instrument. It's, but it's the stuff that has to get done. And, and ideally, you know, there's somebody who's not a non-creative, someone who's a, a very left brain thinker who can do those things and take care of those tasks and let the, let the band create. Right. So that'll be the dream where you guys can have a business manager <laughs> and, and yeah. Jared can focus on the base and, and art. Right. But uh, yeah, that's Jared's our, Jared's our marketing guy right now. <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> and He's mar- our marketing and business manager. And marketing is crazy because you know, all you have all the tools yeah. at your disposal with, with the things that we can do on our phones, but it's still hard. You can't just push a button and say, Hey, we're going to have thousands of followers. Right. Wow. Uh, I, I'm glad I, it's very refreshing to hear that because I, I work with um, with high schoolers a lot, and I bet if I asked nine out of ten of them, they would say, "Well, what are you talking about? What do you mean?" And uh, you've learned it, you've gone through the process, and, and and you know, so that's that's great for people listening. Well, let's get into the music. Um, there's a new single out. Say we're right. Let's talk about that one. Like where it came from. Uh, who who is the brainchild behind it? Who writes your lyrics? That kind of stuff. How did that one get recorded? Whatever you want to say about it. So um, the way a lot of our songs get written is um, Austin will uh, come to us be like, hey, I got a cool guitar riff. Uh, what do y'all want to do with it? And then for lyrics, I'll go through and I have this like massive notes app um, just full of out of context lyrics that haven't been used yet. And I'll just be like, all right, this one sounds cool. Let's do it. Um, and, uh, normally I try to like tie it together with a theme and with say, you're say we're right. Um, it's just, uh, like around Christmas time. It's like, you know, as, as the kids call it like cuffing season, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, everyone's getting into relationships. Uh, and I'm like, okay, let's do something like that. But what if it doesn't work? And um, we kind of evolved it from there. Um, I know Austin can touch on like musically um, how how it uh, got pieced together because you know I'm just a vocal guy. But <laughs> it's uh, it's it's no, it's a really it's a really interesting process uh, putting songs together. Absolutely, yeah. So what about the music, Austin? Um, well, Austin, I, I'm Michael right now. Um, okay, Austin and I, we can definitely go into um, detail, but we kind of have this like every time we make, like make music, Austin and I say we're on the same wavelength every time because we've been playing for like I've known him for like five six years and um, we've been playing music together for like basically that long. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just know there's something in our brains that clicks whenever we make songs, and that's kind of what happened with this one. Um, but yeah, Austin, if you want to add anything. I was going to interject real quick, maybe while Austin's grabbing his phone. Um, yeah. Get off the TikTok, Austin. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so you two potentially, if there was a, a pretty solid rhythm pattern, um, you know, four, four, whatever is going on, it, you could pick off of each other, no vocals needed, 
nothing else and just jam for hours on end and throw in variety and it would be a, a decent rhythm. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. Well, well Austin and I um, were in jazz band together and mm. he started on piano and then moved over to guitar. So um, whenever Austin and I are playing together, we have like, I have the drum set and he's on guitar. We'll usually start with different genres. Like we'll either start with jazz and then slowly evolve into like some blues type and then we'll go into like pop punk. So it's just like, bouncing through a bunch of different like grooves and uh chord structures and um and then we land on something that's cool and then josh is like oh i like that we're gonna use that huh. are these pieces and these grooves that you're playing do you think those are echoes of songs you've heard and they're just kind of filtering through and coming out your out of your instruments or are they pieces uh, that you learned at some point yeah i, w- I would say definitely mix of both okay. for, for me personally i i just uh, it's different on drums because guitar, you kind of have to, Austin's like a music theory nerd huh. and he's really good with that. So he, it, it kind of comes naturally to him, mm-hmm. but on drums, it's, it's more of, um, trying something new every time. Like yeah. if I play a jazz groove, it's, it's normally all the same, but if I mix it up with different, um, like bass drum patterns or different, like hits, Bills. it'll, yeah. it'll start to sound different. Yeah. I can see that. That's really cool. Um, there's a guy, um, um, his podcast will come up before you. It's uh, his name is Kent Auberly. He's a local drummer in Atlanta, um, but he tours all over the place. He's about to go to Europe, and he does essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. He's got some songs, um, but he and a guy they um, they sit in the park on Saturday or Sunday down in Atlanta and just jam for a, for a couple of hours. And uh, I, I get the feeling it's a lot of impromptu with some basic rhythms that go along. And so they're doing the same thing you guys are doing, and it's it's really yeah. cool. Very good. So let's say we got the music. You guys got a groove you like, and you're just jazzed about it, and you're mixing in some vocals. Is it is it typically when everyone's together that the song really gels, or is it usually like the two of you, and then you know Josh will bring some vocals, and then you guys think, okay, well we need to add a bass part. So Jared, here you go. Here's what we've come up with. Is it pieced out that way, or is, do you guys feel like in the foursome? it's the best environment to kind of get those finishing touches on the song, or at least the evolution of it. Um, I'll let Austin jump in if he wants to here in a second, but uh, no, it, it, I mean, it kind of depends, I guess. I, I really see everything to come together when we're in the studio and when we have an idea and we're kind of recording it um, through software and we just keep adding and, um, you know, oh, like, like Josh is like, dude, let me put vocals here. Or uh, Michael's like, you know, it'd be really good here. Or like some bongos or something. That's where I really see it formed together. Um, but when, when, when it comes to the songwriting, um, that really just happens while we're just kind of sitting around. And it's in the times that you think it, it really won't happen. The times that we're like, we really need a song and we need to finish an entire song. We'll be sitting there with just like no ideas. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> Well, when we're all together and we're just kind of messing around, that's really when the magic happens, I guess. Um, yeah. I actually, I, I kind of, I slightly disagree with you. I think I, I hear personally, I hear the song come together when we do our first like voice memo and we have like a bunch of voice memos. Like whenever we write a song, it's usually within the day. Mm-hmm. So we'll have like, um, Josh honestly writes words so quickly, like with, like Austin and I will set on something and then he'll we'll like loop it for like 10 minutes yeah. and Josh will already have words. Cause he's, he has that, like um, the bank of like phrases and words to think off. Of. But um, once, once we like set the, the basics of the songs, we just go through it and just record it on someone's phone and then um, send it to the group chat. And then we'll think about it and start like brainstorming off that. I feel like that is when the song comes together for me. Interesting. Yeah, and the perspective could be different for for each person because you're all bringing different things to the table. And I I imagine it sounds like music groove kind of happens and the the vocals are sitting and waiting in terms of like the the big notes app. And then it's just almost like a fishing expedition. So Josh, this is more of a question for you because it baffles me. I'm I'm with the drummer guys because I played percussion when I was a kid. And I can write, I'm very communicative and whatever, but for me to mix words with music seems daunting it seems like i don't think i could do it and so josh i'm wondering you may not be able to pinpoint this but when you hear a groove or you hear something on loop on the loop for 10 minutes 
what do you think it is about a certain style of music or a certain groove that that grabs your mind and and your eyes into that notes app and you're like, I think those words should go to it. Is there, is it just, you just let it happen or is there a process? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so generally, um, so my musical journey kind of started, um, I was in like musical theater all the way up until like freshman year when I, when I was like, I don't, I don't think this is for me. Y'all sound too pretty. I need to go somewhere I can scream. <laughs> um, and you know, we, we started, uh, we started like around that time. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll being able to hear words go with, with different grooves is, um, it's not as easy as I thought it would be when I, when I started writing, uh-huh. um, music, but it's, I think it, it comes from being in musical theater and then just falling in love with so many different genres. Um, and then the, the, the matching lyrics to what it is, um, I kind of have to vibe it out. I'll, I'll listen and I'll just scroll through, reading through everything. I've got stuff from months ago uh-huh. that I didn't use until yesterday. Um, it's just, it, yeah, it's like a matching exercise where it's like, I got to figure out where everything goes. It, it can't just go, you know? Yeah, yeah you don't arbitrarily just push it there. Interesting. Okay, so this is a challenge yeah. for you, Josh. Do you think you could go in the reverse direction and scroll through your apps and go, I love, I love this lyric. Hey, guys, I think we needed this and describe <laughs> musically what you think should be there, or do you think that's an impossible direction? <laughs> so I, I think I've had to do this before because I, I play guitar. We all play drum sets, but like I, I just I'm, I'm not going to pat myself on the back but I am going to be very honest. I am not good at guitar. Um, I, I like, I kind of take a, a different approach than Austin does. Austin is one of the smartest musicians I have ever come across. He is an absolute genius with, with music theory. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, and I, uh, legitimately can barely read music. I can't do it anymore. Um, <laughs> like I am not a great musician. So I'll go to Austin and I'll be like, Hey, I need something like, and then I'll, I'll hum a little melody to him huh. and he'll go, okay, that's the fourth, that's the fifth, that's, that's the minor 18th or whatever. All right. We're going to go to this. We're going to go to this. We're going to do that. Um, and then like, we just build songs like that. And it's, it is a very difficult process, but I think the end result is always killer when we go through it like that. And I think you answered the question with the humming because you're generating with the simplest of instruments, you have a tone, you have a, a thought, you have some movements of the notes up and down. And so your mind is, is enabling the, the words to have some, some, some musical freedom in there. It's not the end result with the real instruments, but um, yeah, I think you can. So, wow. Bravo. <laughs> I, I figured it'd be one way and not the other, but that's cool. Um, let's move into um, back seat. What about that one? Do you guys have any, memories or behind the scenes stories or crazy things that happen with that song? I, uh, this is Jared. I actually have a quick little tidbit for it. Um, that song was written and, uh, pretty much mainly produced while I was overseas in Germany. Um, I, I was, I was, I was probably waking up for the morning. So they were probably like awake at, at night. Um, <laughs> and I, I wake up to a text of like, Hey Jared, here's our next song that we're going to like, add to our EP and I'm like, what is going on? I'm not even like, I'm, I'm, I'm 12 hours away. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm this is Michael and, um, that song was pretty much written in a day. Wow. Um, and it was just a full day over at my house where, um, cause usually we have practice at Josh's house cause he has all the instruments in my house. I have like, uh, some recording gear. It's like a mini studio. Um, uh-huh. I'm very proud of it. I bet. So, yeah, um, cool. <laughs> so they came over here and we just started, we had like some inspiration and then we just kind of went through the entire song and by, we started like maybe one in the afternoon and then 11 at night. And this was during the summer. So we had all the time in the world. Right. But, um, so we had, we had a, a almost finished product at 
like 11 at night. So we just walked around my neighborhood, just listening to it on our, my little speaker. And, um, yeah, it, it, it kind of just came around and the solo in it was written basically in that day too. And it was, it just felt so awesome that day. Yeah. I got to imagine that's a super cool feeling to come up with something that you can feel good about. And it's mm-hmm. in, a, in quick, you know, quick motion. Like a, it's almost a, um, an ecstasy kind of thing. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. That's amazing. Yeah. It was like a surprise. Yeah. Like a surprise. I, I, I think that song also started a tradition of me playing like a chord progression and then Austin asking me, what are those chords? And then me having no idea. <laughs> I, I think, I think that was the origin place of what are those chords? That, I could not yeah, tell you. That happens a lot now. Well, it happens <laughs> less now, but that, that was a, a main thing that happened. What are those chords? I could not tell you. <laughs> I have no idea. What key is this in? I have no idea. I this one. What? Huh? Okay. You're the guitar guy. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah it's like fifth fret. That's the key. <laughs> and I, you know, I've heard many stories. If you go back in the music, in the history of music, and you're like, and who can read music, and who can't, and who just sits the sits there and does it, and who really pines over it, you know, in the end. It's it's the art itself that stands right. So the song is going to live in, on its own the way it is. And so I I, I appreciate both kinds of musicians uh, in in one respect because one has studied and and gone through the motions of knowing the notes, and the other one is like you know played a lot and figured out you know what this is a scale or this is what the scale sounds like and this is sharp and this is flat and all of that, um, but not assigning all the the mechanisms to it. So. Uh, I, I I think that's awesome. In any case, okay. So that's back seat. What about hideaway? Ooh, <laughs> ooh. So uh, that's, I'll take this one. Okay, that's all awesome. So this is awesome speaking. Okay. Um, I wrote hideaway about a past relationship of mine about someone that just wasn't willing to open up their feelings. You know, it's hard for people to open up a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, it was becoming an unhealthy relationship because one side of it was having all these issues, but wasn't willing to even try to let me help. Yeah. Um, so that's what the song's about. And as far as the instrumental goes, I had actually written that song before Fight Beast Kids existed. Oh. So that one's completely written by me. Yeah, that um, one a little bit. That that one existed when it was just you and me doing music in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of the influence for that song comes from my my taste of music, which is like had like indie rock, indie pop, uh, surf rock, so that kind of genre. Uh-huh. And I think what attracts me to that kind of genre so much is, you know, what Michael mentioned earlier that I have a huge jazz background. Yeah, within like jazz guitar. So all the chords in that, you know, they have like major sevens, like an add nine chord, dominant seven. It's all these really funky chords that you, you're not normally going to see in like modern day pop music, let alone like rock music like that. Mm-hmm. So for me to be able to express my jazz background and something that I was dealing with at the time, you know, Hideaway came out at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's that's the magic right there. That is... That is probably one of the main reasons you you guys do what you do is to um to let what's happening to you uh, come out. It's going to come out in music. It's going to come out in words. It's going to come out in your feelings, and it's going to be there. Do you feel like, and this is for everyone, do you guys feel like you're pretty authentic, or want to be authentic with your lyrics and with your music? And it's not a it's not a show per se. It's uh it's yeah it, you're yeah yeah no I I, I think that's that's a pretty big thing to all of us where like, I don't like even in like when I write my songs, almost all of them are like direct conversations with who they're about or what they're about. Mm-hmm. So, like I, I don't pull anything. Yeah. The, the lyrics are really the super unique in our kind of like, obviously our music has inspirations from legends that we like to listen to. Right. Um, so, but it's really the, our vocals that kind of, are super unique and stand out. Yeah, I can believe it. Um, you guys, if you don't know of them, um, 
I interviewed Perfect Animal. Um, they're a local band too, and they said basically the same thing that they kind of they like to stand behind that as a and, a, and if you listen to the the rawness of some of the lyrics and, and really think about it, it's it's into the core of the person, and that that's what the the vocalist was telling me in their interview was just like he he doesn't mind. It's kind of like um, taking the body cavity in a surgery and opening it up and just saying, "Here I am, look at me," and uh, I think that's admirable because some people I know in this business, you know, I don't know them personally, but I hear their, their lyrics and they just seem kind of like <laughs> just on the surface and I can't connect. Um, so I, I admire you guys for going for that because that's, what's going to bring you the fans. The fans are going to feel the, the words and it's going to be something that's happened to them. So way back to the beginning, beginning, or maybe hideaway was, was really beginning, beginning, but blue vans is the last song <laughs> to mention. Um, <laughs> what, what about that one? Wow, that one is a a, a journey. A journey. That one took a long time. That, yeah. No, that song. That song has existed forever. We we tried to record it what two years ago. I would say um, the total amount yeah. of times we tried to record it was four. It was yeah. yeah. There were four individual like attempts to record it, and I think we've had to re-record vocals for it. I think we counted like 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that was? Um, it was, I would say inexperience. Yeah, that's, oh. that's a pretty solid answer to that. <laughs> so, yeah, you were learning your instrument still, and you were learning how to make a song, and it was just the, the best you could do at the time, and then you're like, wait, we can do better. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you finally, 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 you had to pull the plug and say, this is going to be it. This is our final. And that's that's a question on its own because um, I always wonder, you know, is is a song truly finished? Like, do you guys feel like in the end, um, say, for example, with Say We're Right and you guys are on stage playing that song. I know some bands that stay absolutely true note for note for the, to the music and then some like play around with it a lot and that playing around with it tells me, Hey, maybe you wanted some changes in it or you would like some changes in the future, you know, 2.0 kind of thing. Do you guys feel like once it's done, it's done? So I think um, this is awesome. I, I'll, I'll take this one first, Michael. Um, I think what we do specifically is we, you know, we start in the practice room that we have mm-hmm. and we'll write the song and then we'll go, okay, let's take us to the studio. And in the studio, we're playing exactly what we're playing in the room. And then we're adding like ear candy. So in Saber Right, in the bridge area, you can hear a lot of stuff that's just not able to be done live with right. the amount of people we have. Yeah. So we've got like guitars, you can hear a little bongo solo that's like split in the background. So I would say that the song is not fully done until we're done at the studio. Unfortunately, we're just not able to do that stuff on stage in the current spot. If we were playing with like in-ears and tracks and all that, it would 100% be possible. But unfortunately, the song can only, I, I think, they might disagree, I think the song can only be truly done in the studio. Interesting. Um, you know, I I do agree with that, and uh, I would love to have like a fifty-person band to play every instrument, <laughs> so it just sounds perfect. But I don't I, like what you mentioned. I, I don't think I could ever feel like a song is fully done. I'm always like, oh, we. What if we added this, or what if what if we changed that, or what if we re-recorded it? You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it. That's a hard one because then you're if you said. I can imagine if I were in the band. So I'm the fifth guy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that we, you know, every time we play that song, I really want to change this. And I'm like the naysayer. And then you guys are looking at me like, well, we recorded this. We agreed on it. Come on. You know, and it caught, I can imagine an opinion in that, in, in that area would cause some tension. So I didn't, I didn't need to, to do that. If that happened, I'm just looking for like creative thoughts because the reason I brought it up was because um, I know Rush, um, which is kind of, where this podcast is named after um, their song Limelight. I've been a Brush fan my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they struggled with the very same thing, so they came up with very intricate um, uh, time sequences and sampled it, things, and they have um, the bass player was playing with his feet, he was playing keyboards with his feet, all this stuff. Um, and this struggle to bring that to the stage was immense, and they had three guys. So um, 
that is probably something that you have to kind of at some point say, well, we want the glockenspiel and we want the choir and we want the strings, but then, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Bring it on stage. What, what do you do? Um, so very cool. Okay. Um, balance. I like to ask this one a lot and you guys are the perfect age for it because um, you're graduating. You've got college applications that are probably done. Yeah, they're done. Um, and yeah. sports perhaps or extracurriculars or clubs and you've got this business and then you have the music. Uh, is it a whole lot to manage or do you guys just kind of you make it work and it doesn't seem to be too stressful? Um, um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um, well, we, we've kind of had this conversation a few times and it's, um, it's, we always have, well, we have practices on Sundays mm -hmm. and we always set aside that time to have practice. So to me, I, I never feel like five piece kit is ever in the way. Um, because I always know on Sunday, that's whenever we do our thing and I can think about it during the week, but, um, we have scheduled like get togethers on Sundays. Yeah. I, um, I feel like we've all become a part of each other's routine. Um, where we're like, Oh, well, I, I want to express this through music. Oh, I got five piece kit on Sunday. Um, for, for me, uh, the balance is, uh, kind of, kind of odd. Um, I'm not, actively like in person in a high school I'm online and I work full time at a salon. Okay. Um, so, uh, finding like time to fit music in it's, it, it's not like, Oh, I can just right after school run home and do, do music and we can have an emergency rehearsal. Um, it's like, I've got, I have to work until eight tonight. I work nine to eight. Um, you know, it's, it's yeah. finding that balance is difficult, but, um, at the same time, it's like, it's, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. It's, it's what I want to balance. Yeah. And I this don't, is, oh, go ahead. No, sorry, right. go ahead. I was going to say, oh. <laughs> I know, um, like I said, I know high schoolers and I, I see that happen. I see that where they're, they're studious, they get their stuff done and they're maybe in a sport or two and everything's great, but then they got to get a job for whatever reason and they get this job and it's their whole life changes. They come in and they want to try to sleep in class and it, it's just, they're exhausted and it's in a different kind of way. Like it's the, and, and you guys are dealing with an opposite schedule sort of thing. So the ones that are in school still versus uh, like eight to three school and then versus you working at the salon at night, it, the, the times don't match up as much. And so uh, it is hard to manage. That's what I was getting at because a lot of people, like the business end of the music, they don't understand that. They're like, oh, yeah, just a bunch of kids, and they like to sit together and they play music, and it's great. But there, <laughs> there are some purposeful decisions that have to take place. You guys have to dedicate time to get together, not have to, want to, and get to. But you know, it's a it's a scheduled thing, and it's a regular thing to to keep it going. And um, anyway, I'm sorry, whoever I interrupted, my bad. Oh, it's all good. This is Jared. Um, I, yeah, I was just gonna say. Um, you know, we have those scheduled Sundays. We've kind of become a part of each other's everyday life. But I'm always on my computer texting the guys like, hey, did you have a chance to go to the bank today? Did you, were you able to get in the studio? So I'm always, I feel like, I feel like my life is kind of, I don't, I don't think the word consume is a good uh, adjective. My life's kind of, my life is like five-piece kit now. It's, it's, it's my, it's my hobby. It's what I love to do. So um, now that I'm in I'm in college, I kind of I go to class and, and I go home and I do five piece kit and I, I hang out with friends and it's just it, it 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 became a hobby that became a little bit more than a hobby and finding that was a little difficult at first but I think the guys and I are all just extremely happy with where we're at and uh, being able to release music on Spotify like they were right it's just seeing the like the fruit of of what we put so much time into and um it, that, that's what really just like makes me, that that's what that's what fulfills me that just that brings just, I know all my effort that we've put in has amounted to something and it hasn't just been in vain. Um, and it's just that, that I just love sitting there. I watch a stream count. I'll, I'll look at it like every day. I'm like, Hey, two people streamed their song today. And I'm just like, that's what brings me joy. And, and it just, it allows me to take my hobby and make it build something a little bit more. 
Yeah, and and you hit on something super important that I think is probably universal with with most musicians and artists out there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I I pinned it down. And so, and I see a lot of posts from um, you know pre-save this and please do this, and they're they're pushing you know a new release coming out, and it can get to be a lot for the fan to go. Okay, well I've pre-saved. Why are they still reminding me? But it's it's purposeful because you want that that buy-in and that excitement because you as an artist are literally looking at the streaming because you don't get a receipt. You don't get, you know, like the old days when I would go to the store and buy the you know, the CD or whatever, and then the proceeds, part of the proceeds would go to the band directly. There's no, like, physical chain. Of course, Spotify pays their half a million point decimal penny stuff, you know, but it's nothing. And uh, but for you to actively see who, not who, but how many people are streaming it and then sometimes which countries, that is super gratifying, right? It's, a, it's a, an endorsement on, like you said, all of the work that you've put in. So I... I yeah, no, like 100%, like it's, it's, it's really, uh, it, it's for fun, but at the same time, you want, you want the product that you've made that means so much to you. You want it to mean something to somebody else too. Yeah. So just to, to see that people are interested in what we have to say and, and the music that we make, that's what that's what really is just re- like a, a really cool experience for us. Yeah, so it's not even the like, oh, two people are streaming it. Great, when I get 300, I'm going to get a check for a dollar. It's nothing like that. It's, <laughs> whoa, somebody is grabbing on to what I've done. And it's, it's, it, they're, they're integrating with it, right? They're interacting with it. That's the true joy of, of the art you do. And, uh, I, th- I think that's great. That's a really good approach because I feel like some people in the music business, they approach it from the dollar perspective and I got to make bank and I got to do all this. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it might be a disappointing road, but if you create art for the sake of art's sake and for making it meaningful for people, and then they actually come to it, um, that's gotta be so gratifying. Very cool. Any, uh, any other thoughts on that from you guys? Uh, I think you said it all. Okay. Um, you're almost basically, I'd say too young for this question, but, um, I'll go ahead and ask it. So look back at, um, your, I don't know, freshman selves. And if you were going to start this journey over again, um, would you change anything? Would you do anything differently? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I don't really regret where we are and all the things that, like a lot of people say this, everything that's happened has led us to where we are now. So I'm pretty happy where we are, but I mean, there's definitely a few like times we recorded blue bands where I would be like, <laughs> hey, just don't do it like that. <laughs> you, you sort no, of I, uh, those. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm in a really similar boat to that where I feel like, um, like all of our musical experiences leading up to here, uh, it's like, it's made us who we are, even those, recordings of blue van uh you know we learned maybe don't do that eight times but um that we won't do it again so um it's like it's all of this all of this is just learning and that learning leading us to making this art we love um is going to contribute into our next season of learning into making more art we love and that's just that's just the cycle of how it's going to go for us. And we love it. That's cool. I love that answer. This is, go ahead. This is Jared again. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I wish I could go back to like my, my freshman yourself or sophomore yourself and, and tell them like what I was getting myself into. <laughs> but um, I didn't, I didn't realize that this is kind of a personal story. Man. I didn't realize how passionate I was about music until this band, like until I joined, um, huh. I was kind of at a place with music where I was just like, you know, I didn't really want anything to do with it my experience was just music at school, like concert music or marching band. And, and I just, it wasn't really for me. And when I, uh, when Austin kind of got a hold of me and, uh, and showed me like what the world of music could be like and creating our own sound and, and putting it out there for people to see. Um, it just, it, it, it I became so passionate about it. I mean, passionate enough to, to be able to want to keep doing this and, and turn it into a business. So, um, and, and that's, that's kind of where I am now. Like after school, um, with my marketing degree, I would love to work in the music industry and I work for a company that makes music or, or distributes music. Cause like, that's just, it's just something that I'm passionate about now. 
Yeah, isn't that crazy? It reminds me a lot of, um, yeah, from a teacher perspective, just so you, you guys know, like when teachers teach, they hope it lands on the students and the, you guys learn and all that. It's great. But so many times it's when a student gets with another student and they reteach the information, that's when it sticks. So for you to be sort of not educated, but enlightened maybe is the word from a colleague, from a friend about um, a passion that was inside of you and bring it out, help you, have you like help it emerge. I think that's, that's amazing because that's a, not something that may have happened uh, ordinarily and just listening, turning on Spotify or the radio or whatever, you know, but to have somebody close to you that, you know, say, Hey, what do you think about this? And let's try this. And then the, the music starts coming out of you. That's, that's pretty inspirational. Awesome. Well, um, I always like to talk about gear. Are you guys like gearheads? Do you have certain um, <laughs> brands that you like? Guitars, you got to have a Fender, you got to have a Gretsch, or you got to do this. Um, any sort of like go-to instruments that you, you know, you've kind of swear by? Oh, this well, is Austin's favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, this Austin. is a big Austin question. All Austin. Okay. I will say real quick before Austin goes down his uh, his Bad lane. Um, <laughs> we love, uh, we love, um, snare weight um they've sent us stuff in the past um it's like a snare dampener um it's great for tuning your drums and stuff but they, they've uh, they've sent us some gear in the past so we, we really really like them we use it on all of our drums hey cool will you send me a, a link to their stuff and i'll put it on your page on the podcast yes of course okay perfect austin i'm ready for you <laughs> all right so uh, as far as gear wise go for guitars we we I'm a big believer in that the guitar should match the music and style that you're playing. So I really, I really like having different types of guitars in the room to introduce different sounds, different noises, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So to, I don't want to go down my four hour rabbit hole, but just to give a little rundown, um, Josh uses a Fender or a Squire um, contemporary Telecaster. Mm-hmm. So whenever we need something really punchy and rocky, we throw him on that. He's also got this semi hollow Gretsch, which is great for a little bit lighter style music. Uh-huh. Um, so whenever we play stuff like Hideaway, we've got stuff for that. And I used to have a bunch of guitars, and I sold them because I just didn't really play them as much. I just got myself um, a, a Harley Benton guitar. Oh. It's a great guitar. It's really you can use for everything. Um, everything we play, I use it on. Sounds great. Uh, Jared, uh, I think he mentioned a little bit earlier how he bought like a nice Fender bass. Mm-hmm. He has a Fender Precision bass, which is great because it goes literally with anything, and it looks great on him too. Nice. And like I said, you know, I think the guitar should match the style. So all of our guitars look how I would say they look like Pipey's kit. Ah. Um. Yeah. As far as our pedal boards go, Josh and I have the same pedal board. And I could talk about this pedal board for like hours. And it's constantly evolving. I'll just give you the name. Okay. (laughs) I'll just give you the name. It's the Line 6 Podgo. And for nerds like me, it's amazing because I can, it's a multi-effect. So it's one big programmable pedal, essentially. And you can get so many sounds on this. And I can program like one button to change like seven different pedals on there. Really? So it's really versatile for bands like us who play so many different styles of music that I don't have to worry about trying to dial in the same seven analog pedals to sound different. Gotcha. I can just have one thing tell me something about different. Yeah, that sounds clean. The setup should be clean too. You got a little back end work oh, to yeah. do it ahead of time to get it all programmed. But once you're ready, just oh, yeah. throw it out there. Nice. Well, because when we're songwriting, Josh will be like, yeah, I want a guitar to sound like this. And I'm like, that's perfect. I'll go home. I'll spend hours programming the perfect setting. I'll get back, and you know, it's like the perfect tone. It's end up, it'll actually end up what we end up using on songs in the studio. Yeah, it's, it's great for me because I just get to push a button and my guitar sounds cool. So you know, <laughs> yeah. working works great for me. <laughs> yeah, it brings the vision together really quickly. Yeah, I, nice. I really like the technical side of music. So in in our practice room, like the mixing board is by me. So I like getting like really deep into all that stuff. Um, Michael's drum set is just a Maytag, so I want to say maybe a Mars kit. Uh-huh. Um, and we we slowly but surely evolved equipment-wise as a band. Because when we started out, we 
we were running Josh's vocals through like a, a very tiny guitar amp. And, you know, we, none of us actually had like nice gear. So well, for us to be in a know, spot now, schoolers, that well, is actually expected. presentable. <laughs> yeah. But for us to be in a spot now where our gear is actually presentable and we are, we're, when we like play somewhere, we're like, wow, like, oh, someone's like asking me to use our gear because it's good. I, like I said earlier, I think it's the third time I said it. I really think it's like a, a big picture thing. Yeah. But your your gear should match your band. Okay. Well, this is a comment for, for Jared because it's a, it's on the business end, and I want to make sure I'm speaking to the right person. But um, when you listen to the Ken Arberly um, podcast, it wouldn't talk about it too much, but um, he is a big proponent of insurance, gear insurance, because you know you you'll take it to a gig and you're loading in, loading out, and someone's watching you, and then boom, smash and grab, and your your stuff is is gone that you've just saved and saved and saved to get. So uh, I will encourage you to look into that. I don't know a name of, of a kind. I don't know where to steer you, but that is a thing. And, uh, and, and you guys have, now that you're starting to collect some good gear, I would, I would suggest looking at it. Very cool. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's definitely something that I'll, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to check out. The guys, the guys will probably hate me, but, uh, but now you're giving me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to enter the group chat now and be a source of discussion for a while, but um, trust me, it's, it's, it may not be something you'll do right away, but it's something you could plan for and kind of put some stuff away to save for because uh, you just never know. It's a you know twelve hundred dollar guitar and it's gone in twenty seconds. It's like well, okay. Um, well, that's bringing us towards the end. Is there something I, I haven't actually asked this in um, all the podcasts that we've done so far? But I've always had it in my notes, so you guys are going to get it first. Is there Ooh. something? Yeah, is there something about you that? You've never told your friends about, and this is about music related, I guess, or be personal, but something quirky about the band or quirky about one of you guys that, um, you know, that no one knows that you haven't announced on stage that you haven't told anybody that you would like to reveal here. Um, could be, uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah, so. Anyone want to own I mean, up to something? Uh, I would say our biggest secret is that Josh has 17 fingers. That's it. <laughs> Bro, that's not okay. You can't say that. I, mean, I, I, I don't want anyone to, to know. <laughs> well, you know, it's okay. Sometimes we just have to be honest with the world and tell them the yeah. way it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think on a serious note, I'm sorry, Josh. I'll, I'll, you can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think on a serious note, I don't think a lot of a lot of people see the public image of us, but a lot of people don't understand that when you have a band of people who are all so passionate about music and want to have the best product they can, the amount of actual fights that happen. You know, it's it's getting in the ugly business of fight these kids, but there are practices where we, we leave and we're, we don't talk to each other for a couple of days because we're like, you know, you you don't think someone would disagree on music that much, but unfortunately, it's what happens. And and do you attribute that to all of you being so ingrained and passionate about music, or just because sometimes you have an attitude? <laughs> well, um, you know, no. we all yeah. <laughs> we, are te- we are teenagers, so we hate each other. The attitude is a thing. So those those but random emotions really that do. happen. <laughs> Yeah. I think a lot of time it is the music because we're all really, really good about when you enter that practice room, you, you, you have two options. You can leave your emotions at the door mm-hmm. or you can show your emotions through your playing and your music. Interesting. That's a good choice. Yeah. Because Does... I always say that music isn't just something you listen to. It's a language for those who don't understand how to put something in place. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that quote. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not like we're like arguing all the time. We all hate each other. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, like what you said, like we have very strong uh, music opinions and, uh, sometimes it's just like, Oh, I really like this and I really want to do this, but everyone kind of disagrees. So if you don't, if you don't really harness that all together, um, it kind of gets pretty chaotic. I also think that's where we really get our sound from. This is Jared talking. Mm-hmm. Um, just 
I mean, we're all we're all different, so opinionated and everything. I think I think our sound is kind of interesting. Um, we always try to think of like a genre that we fit in, and it really varies song by song. And I think that's just because we're so open to everyone having their own voice. We're not we're not really all about having our 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 niche or anything like that. And we're just we're really about making music that we like and that um, kind of fits what everyone wants to make and um, I think I think that's one thing that kind of makes us you know a little unique in that sense. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here with something that may or may not make total sense and be related. But um, I was your age, and uh, there was this girl that I liked, and I was like, "Hey, you want to go out?" And she said, "You know what? Um, we're too much alike to go out. I think we need to be more different because opposites attract." And so we didn't, right? It's lost her, but that lesson stuck with me. And so I think the, not the opposite nest that you guys have, but definitely the, uh, the solid sense of opinion is a great thing because if you had somebody who ruled the roost and said, you're going to do this, which Jared is in the position to do it because he's a business manager, but it sounds like he is <laughs> asking you guys to help in, you know, help to chip in and do the things and go to the bank and do all that. And that's, that's the beautiful part of the relationship is that you bring yourself and you contribute that into it instead of saying it's going to be my way or the highway. And so agreements or disagreements are going to happen inevitably, but it sounds like you guys come back together and and make music again. So it should work. I like that. Well, cool. It's been a really great talk. Um, Any things on the horizon, big plans before we close and um, have you guys kind of, yeah, tell us about your socials and meet, you know, how to reach you and all that. Is there a, like a, a thing you're looking forward to doing as a group coming down the pike? Uh, well, I uh, can talk about our yeah. Instagram. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about, um, Saber Wright came out, uh, should be like three weeks ago. It was on the fourth. Uh-huh. Um, that was a single that we really put a lot, a lot of work into that. We really just, and money love making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you're, um, you're looking forward we, to some strings on that. You're like string yeah, that baby. So, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be trying to we'll be trying to you know get some shows and just you know kind of market that song for a while. But we are we're always working on on songwriting and everything. So um, I, we haven't really mentioned it to anybody, but uh, I know we are working on an album and uh, kind of formatting that and getting something that we uh, that we really like. Um, that's just gonna be you know a while in the making. Um, just recording time, getting together, getting the money together. Um, that, that will be a while, but, uh, that will, that will be hopefully in the near future, maybe in 2023 or 2024. Um, and our social, when it comes to our socials and everything, we're, uh, Instagram is usually our biggest one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we have hyperlinks, um, through distro kid, uh, that, that put you to our Facebook or our TikTok, um, or take you straight to our music, um, Spotify, Apple music, um, all the streaming um, services, that's really where you can come and hear where our music um, But Instagram is usually where we make most of our announcements and stuff like that. Yeah, Instagram's a pretty good platform. A, a lot of the performers we, that come on the show use that, and I think it's a, it, it lends itself for, for good sharing and conversations and whatnot. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, well, I wish you guys the best down the road, and if, um, you know, when changes happen and, and something big happens, you, you promise you'll Call me back up and uh, and we'll schedule <laughs> round two. That'd be awesome. Excellent. Yeah, we would Sounds love great. to. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thanks for thanks for having us. Uh, taking a chance from the uh, the teenagers here, but uh. <laughs> hey, you know there there are no restrictions or limitations on this show because I feel like anyone can learn um, from from anybody that there is no minimum or no maximum age, no minimum maximum talent. Um, it's, it's we we like to put in here the people that can share their stories and uh, it really comes down to this is advice for anyone who's applying to be on the show. Um, it's, it's the bio and the, and the comments that you put in that questionnaire that really, uh, are they meaningful? Do you, st- do you sound like you're passionate about what you do? And, uh, and that came through with what you guys wrote down. So um, it's been a, it's been a true pleasure. And I really, I mean it, if you guys, when something happens on down the road, we'd love to have you back. Thank you. Thank Fantastic. You. All right. Well, enjoy the evening and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You too. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
I wanna make this work 